From the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center in Washington, D.C., home base for the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA. This is Catholic Military Life, a podcast of the Archdiocese. I'm your moderator, Taylor Henry. And for this edition, it's my great pleasure to have as my guest, Father Tyler Harris of the Diocese of Monterey, California, uh, a captain in the United States Air Force currently stationed at Joint Base Pearl Harbor Hickam. Father Harris, welcome. Thank you so much, Taylor. appreciate the opportunity. And uh, this is your second appearance on uh, Catholic Military Life. I think the last time you were either just out of seminary or just about to uh, uh, come out of seminary. Yeah, it was, um, it was the spring of the year I got, uh, I got ordained. It was in 2020. And um, yeah, we did a phone, a little phone chat when I was at the seminary, and uh, it was the last time we got to talk. So it was a really, really great opportunity to be able to, to have, a, have another dialogue. Well, I remember, and it's great to have you back to our microphones, and you're visiting D.C. from Honolulu. Uh, what brings you to town? Um, I was going to be on a retreat this week, and um, um, my retreat kind of got a little derailed, and so we're uh, working with Father Bob cannon the chancellor and uh and kind of creating a uh, an impromptu retreat which is going really well it's spent some time with the sisters of charity here in dc and uh, uh, minister to uh, the men that they're that they're serving there and so for the last couple of days got a chance to do that and uh, uh, spend some time in prayer and reflection and got an opportunity to see archbishop before he took off again and um so yeah it's just i love coming back to dc and it's just a great opportunity to be here and um, it's a nice reminder how spoiled I am living in Hawaii and coming here to the to the winter weather of uh, of the East Coast. Well, that's a change of scenery for you, anyway. Even if it isn't necessarily a pleasant change of scenery. Right. No, I, I enjoy DC. <laughs> DC's great. And as you mentioned, Archbishop Timothy Brolio, our shepherd, uh, spends so much time traveling. Uh, uh, you were fortunate to get a chance to see him in, on a stopover on his way back from Europe and then out to the West. I did. It was in uh, Gaudate Sunday uh, this past uh, this past uh, few months ago here and uh, during Advent. And he happened to have him come out, and he said it had been a long time, I think, about a decade or so. It's been a while since he'd been out uh, to Pearl Harbor. And I worked with Father Jim Hamill, um, the PACAF command chaplain, and help creating his itinerary for his uh, uh, Pacific visit and uh, so we got to come out and see him and got to spend some time with him. Um, I've known Archbishop since 2010 when I was uh, deployed out in Kuwait uh, with uh, Monsignor Mark Rowan uh, and just you know just a great man. Um, he's the reason honestly one of the big reasons why I'm a, I'm a priest today especially in the military um, just a great source of encouragement and friendship and um, great mentor and uh, yeah it's just always a great opportunity got to fly around with him uh, in the Middle East in 2010 2011 time frame around the new year and for about I don't know, I think it was about almost two weeks and just got to know each other and um, and he actually was at my ordination the year I got ordained and uh, was present there and um, so every time we see each other we're always reminded of our, our time in the Middle East and and time together and so it's been been quite a journey just getting to priesthood but even having the opportunity to have uh knowing archbishop as long as i have it's it's pretty great and uh as you mentioned i think he con celebrated your priestly ordination he did he was there yes he, he he was he was present at the ordination and 
I got pushed back about three times because it was COVID year. So I joked uh, with some friends and, and family and because of COVID, he kept pushing it back and in the hope of that the ordination would, you know, the we'd be able to get people to be inside. So at California at the time, we had the forest fires going on and they were raging and there's smoke and everything in the air. But then we had COVID. So, you know, we were stuck inside. We couldn't be inside because of COVID. And then we were outside. We had all the ash and the smoke. So it was kind of a interesting time. And I joked with somebody. I, I said, you know, at this point, I don't even care if I get ordained in a parking lot. Uh, I just want to get ordained. And it got delayed three times. And then I got my wish. I got ordained in a parking lot, which my pastor, <laughs> my my previous uh, 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 stay at uh, St. Joseph's and Spreckles, uh, Father Mike, uh, Volk, he liked to say, he was the pastor at, uh, in Seaside at the time. He liked to say, well, it was a very nice, it's the nicest parking lot of all Seaside. So um, I feel very privileged to have gotten to be ordained there. So, but it was, <laughs> it was, it was done very well. It was very tastefully done, despite the fact it wasn't inside the church. And, uh, you know, it's unique times and, and kids be able to, to, to be part of a very unique mil- uh, ministry in the military and serving our, our men and women. So, um, uh, it's you know it seemed about par for the course, and that would explain why your ordination took place in August, August twenty second, twenty twenty. Yep, a very unusual time for an ordination. Most ordinations take place in the spring, either April, May, or June. Most of them in June. Right. Uh, so uh, anyhow, um, uh, you have an interesting background. You were in the Air Force on active duty and in the reserves for what almost 20 years before yeah i've been in yeah i've been in i've been in 22 years 23 in um it'll be in may uh, this coming up and so yeah i was enlisted i came in open general i didn't wasn't sure what i wanted to do i thought i was gonna be security forces and then i got my vocation at basic training mass at lackland air force base um one of my jobs is is being a trainee is i got to be a eucharistian minister for all four masses um at basic training and then the priest who was present there really energetic dynamic um and i it's just one of those holy spirit moments i'm watching him and listening and then just kind of light bulb go from off my head and say that this is what i want to do i was god calling me to to be a priest and of course you know that was when i was 19 that's been a long journey and i get ordained when i'm 40 so there's been a lot of discernment a lot of wrestling with god myself and uh but it's but it's been it's all been worth it uh, to be able to get to this point and 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 serve the people of God and I like to say my my priesthood makes the most sense with my boots on I think and uh, and I have a great um, you know Bishop uh, Daniel Garcia I have a great um, bishop there in Monterey who's incredibly supportive and um, just really great to be able to represent the diocese of Monterey um, he's very supportive of my military vocation and. Um, you know, it's been since forever, right? You know, it's not like I, you know, it just kind of came out later. It's just really from the beginning since I've joined. Um, it's been, it's really been part of it. Bishop Daniel Garcia of Monterey, who along with Archbishop Brolio, uh, kind of celebrated your mass. He Correct. was the chief celebrant, I yes, suppose. Yes, he was. Yes. And uh, so you mentioned earlier uh, Father Bob Cannon, who is our chancellor. Yes. Uh, you were his chaplain assistant for a long time. I was for about six or seven years at Travis Air Force Base. So when I was in the reserves, so I've never had a break in service. So I went from active duty to, to reserves and in the reserves, um, I got, was 
you know, stationed a lot of different places, helped out a reserve command a lot, um, helped, uh, helped with the chaplain candidate program for about three years and then went through the chaplain candidate program myself. But, um, yeah, I was a Travis and it was a great ministry while I was going to school at seminary in uh, Menlo Park at St. Patrick's Seminary University there in Menlo Park. And, uh, um, Father Bob was, you know, he was our wing chaplain at the time and just super supportive of my vocation and um, just a you know just a great friend and mentor. He has such a um, very calm, uh, but yet very good sense of humor, kind of sense of demeanor with him. Uh, we'd pray together. We had some. Um, he's just been very helpful. He's a great mentor, friend. He was one of my priests, along with uh, Monsignor Mark Rowan from the, the diocese of uh, Rockville Center in Long Island. They they both of them vested me uh, at my ordination, and so so Bob's had a. Father Bob's had a pivotal role, really, uh, in my vocation. And I should mention Father Bob Cannon uh, is a retired Air Force chaplain. He retired at the rank of colonel and now serves as the chancellor here at the Archdiocese for the military services. You're listening to Catholic Military Life, a podcast of the Archdiocese for the military services. And for this edition, my guest, Father Tyler Harris, uh, a captain in the United States Air Force and chaplain currently assigned at Joint Base Pearl Harbor Hickam. So, Father Harris, uh, tell me, are you a cradle Catholic? How did you discover your Catholic faith? Did yeah. you come by it naturally or did you convert? Um, no, my, my family, we grew up Catholic and uh, we attended Mass every Sunday and every Holy Day of Obligation. And uh, no, my parents made sure that um, no matter where we were, we'd even on vacation, we'd go to mass, and uh, um, so that that had a huge role. Um, but then, you know, it's one of the things I tell I tell people now is like, at some point, it has to become your faith. You know, it's great that your mom and dad raise you in the faith, and you learn and and grow in, in a relationship with God that way. But at some point, you have to take ownership of it. Um, and for a little bit, I think when I was in Colorado Springs, stationed at the Air Force Academy. Um, prior to leaving active duty. I was still discerning the priesthood, um, but, you know, I spent maybe, I don't know, six months. I had a, a little time at a non-denominational church there, and I really enjoyed the preaching, but then when the idea of the Eucharist and the sacraments and and uh, that whole, all those things came to mind, that's what really kind of really brought me back to the church was honestly it was over the Eucharist. I know it sounds like a really <laughs> kind of pious kind of answer, but it's it's really true um, because when you when you don't have the real thing, when you're not experiencing Christ in the Eucharist, um, you can miss him. And I think I needed that time away. And again, is that I don't advocate for people to leave the church, or I didn't say I ever left the church, but I I think I took a pause a little bit and. Um, but it was able to it was able to kind of rediscover my faith, um, and really be able to take ownership of it, and especially my vocation too. Because um, when you have that deep sense of you realize, no, this is this is actually Jesus. It's actually present, and um, you, you feel obligated almost to to want to tell people about about Christ being present there, and, and you want to tell as many people as, as possible, and. Um, and that vocation as a priest really allows me an opportunity to talk about talk about him, but to talk about the journey because everybody's journey is so unique and different. Not everybody has a kind of a cookie cutter. Grew up Catholic, you know, you know, always loved 
you know, going to the church, and church was great. And, and, you know, most people don't have that experience. A lot of people, they, you know, go to Catholic schools, and then they don't end up really being evangelized. And then it's always like later after they get married or have children or, or something else happens, then they kind of say, oh, you know what, this is important now. And or they get married or whatever. And so it's, um, I think everybody's journey to, to Christ is unique and, uh, and it looks different. Um, but, you know, the good thing is God's accompanying us through, through all of the ups and downs of life. And, um, and, I, and, I, and I think it's an important part that, that it reminds me when I'm serving my military brothers and sisters, chaplains of other faiths, especially our Protestant brothers and sisters, how much I appreciate them and the work they're doing and, and how, in a lot of ways, um, they remind me of the truth of who God's called me to be, uh, a priest, and, and the importance of the sacraments. Not everyone has a St. Paul conversion moment. Correct. Uh, it sounds to me like your conversion took place over almost, what, 20 years or more? Right. It was a long time. I, I, I'm pretty stubborn, uh, Taylor. So, um, yeah, it was, you know, my, my spiritual director, um, uh, Father Alred, he uh, was, a he's a, was a Benedictine um, uh, priest at the St. John's Seminary in Camarillo. He passed away here recently this past year. And um, one of the things that he liked to tell me is like, you're really kicking and screaming your way to the altar, kid. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think um, it's, you know, you know it's the relationship is real if um, you're, you're having those kind of conversations. And, um, but again, I have people like Archbishop, I have Father Bob, I have Father Mark, I have, I have so many good family members and friends and uh, people of all sorts of faith who have encouraged me with my vocation the whole way and to, to make this journey to what it is. And, and like we were talking about earlier, you know, I get to, I was born in Hawaii, I was adopted when I was two, and then, uh, you know, my birth mom was in the army, my birth father was in the Navy, and I like to say two wrongs can make a right because I'm an Air Force uh, chaplain. <laughs> I'm the Air Force. I love the Air Force, and I, I'm a little mean. I, I sometimes I troll the the Navy members uh, at Pearl Harbor a little too much, but I mean they're tough. They can handle it. So I I, I enjoy that and, and I enjoy the camaraderie between the sister services and and the kind of the the fun uh, inter service banter that we can have. But it's it's no. I, I love I love where I'm at and the opportunity to get to serve people has been has been incredible. So you started out in the Air Force as uh, an officer or enlisted? No, as enlisted. I was a chaplain assistant. I'm actually the first chaplain assistant turned Catholic priest in the history of the Air Force. So that's kind of my little claim to fame, I guess, if you want to call it. Um, there are religious affairs personnel now, that's the name of it. But um, yeah, I was able to go to, uh, I came in as an airman basic and I made it up to E7 as a master sergeant. And then I got demoted to second lieutenant, as I like to say. Um, and I got commissioned and anybody who's, who's had that journey kind of, kind of understands what I'm, what I mean when I say that. Um, but yeah, then, then got to serve in the parish for a couple several years and then, um, got back, brought on to active duty this past April. The parish, did you serve in one or more parishes? I served in one. I served at St. Joseph's in Spreckles, uh, in, uh. Spreckles, California. So your time as an enlisted man in the United States Air Force, uh, obviously you 17 were... 17 years. 17 years. 17 years. Wow. Obviously, uh, during that time, uh, you became a chaplain assistant. The U.S. Air Force chaplains that you came in contact 
inspired you. Oh, 100%. Tell me about that. What, what kind of impact and how did they inspire you? I think seeing what they did and the impact that they had on people day in and day out, um, I think in being able to have a vision, have a goal, it's, it's helpful to see people, people living out and doing what you desire to do. Um, and in for for all of the ones that I've seen, you know, the good and the, the good ones, the, the inspiring ones, or as I like to say at times, wonderful examples of terrible leadership at times, um, have all helped. You know, at sometimes I like to tell people like you know, learning what not to do is just as important as knowing what to do is. But more often than not, the the chaplains have been incredibly inspiring and helpful, especially growing up. Um, you know, you're 19, you're living far from home. I was stationed in Germany for the first time. Um, I had so many good, uh, I actually, Father, this is how old I'm getting. Father Jim Hamill, who is the senior priest of the Air Force currently, um, who's the command, is the, is the PACAF command chaplain. I actually met him, uh, my first assignment. He was a captain at the time. Now he's an 06, um, and that's how long I've known Father Jim. And um, what is an O six? A colonel. He's a he's a he's a colonel. And uh, so yeah, so it's it was wild that I'm the same rank that he was when I met him, and and he was actually the one to, to call me up and and uh, let me know I was going to get you know assigned to to Pearl Harbor. And um, it was I don't know. It's just been an incredible journey. It's a lot of good chaplains, um, deployments, learning how to take care of minister to people. Um, and understanding the the energy that it takes, um, and making sure that you're 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 praying and staying connected to God and doing the things that you need to do um, while doing that ministry because it it can take everything from you. You know, you you, you want to give everything to it, but um, you've got to be able to recharge spiritually and you've got to be able to remind yourself that this you know. God is ultimately my boss, not the United States Air Force. Like we serve them, we serve the people of them, of course. But like, you know, my my big boss is uh, is the good Lord, and so um, just to stay connected to Him and relationship with Him is is super important. And I learned a lot of that from them too. Is just staying spiritually connected because you can't do what you're doing uh, with without that. You don't, at least you won't last very long. And your back where it all started for you. You were born in Hawaii, and now you're back. I was. Yeah, the Triple R Army Hospital. So when I go home every day, I get to see on my left, I get to see the, the hospital I was born, and um, kind of a full circle. Uh, God's got a good sense of humor that way. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's an incredible opportunity. Um, people, you know, just like, oh, it was really rough duty in Hawaii. It must be pretty easy. It's not. It's it's probably one of the busiest places I've ever been in my entire career. So I'm the only Catholic priest currently serving, uh, assigned to Joint Base Pearl Harbor Hickam. There's other priests on the island at different locations on the island, but as far as Pearl Harbor, I'm the only priest assigned there. So I've, I'm in charge of all the folks on the Navy side, and uh, we have Marines, we have Air Force, and we have some Army folks sprinkled here and there. So um, all the sacramental kind of needs uh, that people have, um, get, responsibility of, of taking care of those folks and of course I'm assigned to different units and and things on the on the base as well. well how would you assess the state of faith in the United States military now we hear so much about secularization and the secular influence on the military what's your personal experience of that well I mean we had 
528 people show up to our uh, Christmas Eve service at 5 o'clock at Pearl Harbor. I mean, that's that's a tremendous amount of people showing up to Mass at one time. I mean, it's not just a Christmas thing either. I mean, I think we're averaging around 220, 230 people per Mass. We have the two Masses. Um, we have over, at least at Pearl Harbor, we have over 300 volunteers. We have 23 or 24 different types of ministries that people have an opportunity to serve and do. Uh, the people of God are very, very active in our community. You know, while the vocations, most of our vocations in the U.S. come from military, um, I think there's something about the structure, um, the culture, the camaraderie, and the sense of, uh, I think, urgency that, that the people in the military have, the sense of sacrifice that they understand in a, in a way that I think, I mean, everybody understands sacrifice, but not, I guess, in the unique way that, that they do. Um, yeah, I think the state of the faith is very, is very strong. I mean, we're having people, um, we have, we have several people who are going to be baptized, brought into the church. Um, we have, I mean, I think I just heard confessions of over like, I don't know, it was like 40 or 50 of our, of our young people. The other day, I mean, we have we have tremendous numbers of people uh, attending and being involved in our program. At least we're, you know, this is my first assignment as a priest, so it's uh, there. And uh, even in adoration, we have, you know, the first Fridays, um, we, we had 47 adorers show up last Friday. And they had to move it to the big chapel. I was like, well, that's a great problem to have. So, I mean, I think it's strong. I think people, especially with the economy and and uncertainty and in the world, um, people are turning back to God and, and it's important that, that we provide them an avenue and opportunities to be able to serve and then reconnect with God uh, and with one another as, uh, as families. Well, that's encouraging to hear, to paraphrase Mark Twain, it's good to know the rumors of the death of faith in the military are greatly exaggerated. I would agree, <laughs> yeah. So. Um, how did uh, specifically give me some concrete ways that the chaplains, Father Bob and others with whom you serve, Father Rowan, um, uh, influenced you directly? That that that, that uh, the shared experience with those priests brought you to the decision that yes, uh, I'm going to answer yes to God's call and become a Catholic priest. I think just seeing them them being priests day in and day out, getting to spend time with them, getting to know them. I mean, <clears throat> if I'm to be really honest, I like to joke that they're, Father Bob and Father Mark are, are anybody who knows them, they're two very different people. Um, they, 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 they see the world and I think of things in a different, very different perspective. And I think for me, that's very valuable. I need to be able to have uh, different perspectives, different attitudes, different um, ways of going about uh, looking at problems, how they get solved, um, how to discern when to act, when not, uh, protocols, all sorts of things. They 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 give me they've given me such a wealth of of knowledge um, that's just been helpful. And then it's just, there's friendship, you know. As a priesthood, just like hey, they're regular guys too. They're they're. They're unique, and obviously, um, they're they're both very brilliant and uh, and talented. But I think the biggest thing is that they're relatable. They're funny. They're a lot of fun to be around. Um, they they both have their quirks, and who doesn't? We all do. Um, I definitely have mine. So 
Um, but to be able to be accepted and loved and um, and kind of gotten to be shown like this is what the priesthood is and this is um, they kind of take you know bring back the veil a little bit and just kind of show you the inner workings of this is what this is what priesthood is especially in the chaplaincy um, which is, has its own difficulties right and and um, so they were the they really, really show me the ropes in a lot of ways, and then, and then they let me use the gifts that God's given me, and they've told me these. Hey, these are some gifts that you have, and these are, I think, some ways that I think you'd be good at serving God and others. And when I've asked for unique opportunities to serve, they've always said yes, um, and then they've always been there to help me, kind of like, you know, talk about and, you know, the experiences I've had. Uh, you know, one of the things that stands out about Father Rowan, in my memory, is uh, 10 or 12 years ago, he was honored at a New York Mets game for oh, his yeah. service. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, he doesn't need to hear this podcast either because, I mean, he doesn't need any more uh, reminders of Father Mark Rowan Day, you know. So I'm sure he's got a big smile on his face. Um, yeah. And then he was after his, his, his promotion. They had, like, the fire department put a giant American flag in front of the church. I mean, <laughs> I, that he... Him and I's personality is so very different. He's very New York, and um, I'm very Midwest. He's like he always likes to say I'm from one of those square states in the middle, um, one of those flyover states. Um, but no, it's you know you you need people. I think you need people like that who've who've done it and uh, and who've done it well. To be quite honest. So in the last couple of minutes we have left, and you alluded to it a minute ago, but as you well know, uh, the chaplain, the Catholic chaplain corps. In the active duty service is uh, way down in terms of numbers. Uh, we have half the number of priests we had just 20, 20 something years ago. Uh, fortunately, you're one of them. Thank you for your service. Do you feel pressure uh, to, to know that there's so few of you to serve so many in the United States military? I mean, we're talking about what, 325,000 active duty Catholics. And there are fewer than two hundred of you. No, I don't. I don't feel any pressure. I mean, that's no. I I think we, you know, you you handle the people and any issues or things that that are in front of you. You wake up every day. You know that God's going to present you with new challenges to grow, to love, and to trust Him, and invite other people to do the same. Um, I mean, that's why we pray for Archbishop, right? <laughs> that's mm -hmm. why we ask uh, our brother bishops, to, the brother bishops, to be generous in in uh, allowing their men to come into the military and serve because there's a tremendous need. Um, I think beginning to help people understand that that in allowing men to serve in the military, you are serving their people. Like we have DLI, Defense Language Institutes, is in our diocese, so our our community serves them. And we have people who, from the Diocese of Monterey, serve in the serve in the military. And so I get opportunity. I hear people say, "Hey, I was in for DLI," or "Hey, you're from Monterey." And and so I've I've already met people just here in my assignment in Hawaii that are from my diocese that we're serving. And so um, no, it's a great opportunity. There's no pressure. I you know I, God's God's will is going to happen, and you want to try to cooperate with that. And and if I get you know, however many years I get, and, you know, we'd love to be able to do, you know, another 20 and be able to have like 40 years total of service, to be quite honest. I think that'd be great, but but I'm not in control of that. God is, and and that's, you know, the bishops, and 
um, you know, we, we have to, whatever their needs are, whatever the uh, calls to do is what we need to do. But um, I look forward to, to being of time to, to talk about Bishop and let him know how happy I am serving God's people. I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, is if bishops don't have enough problems and issues in the world, in their own dioceses, um, to be able to be a priest and be serving the military and in loving and really enjoying what you're doing, my hope would be that, okay, good. Well, at least we, one of them's taken care of, one of them's happy. Okay, I don't have to worry about Tyler. Tyler's, Father Tyler's doing a great job. He's, he's happy, he's taking care of people of God. Uh, praise be to God. Um, but, you know, you never know. Um, if you ever get that call home, and I'd be, be happy to serve wherever God calls me. But um, no, there's there's no pressure. I think I think uh, it's an honor and a great opportunity, and um, I'm just glad to have it. Father Tyler Harris, a, a chaplain in the United States Air Force, captain, uh, currently serving at Joint Base Pearl Harbor Hickam. Father Harris, thank you so much for talking to me. Taylor, thank you so much for the opportunity. It's good to see you again, my friend. Same here. Catholic Military Life is a podcast of the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, erected by Pope St. John Paul II in 1985 to provide for the free exercise of Catholic faith in the U.S. military, VA medical centers, and the government's civilian workforce beyond U.S. borders. 1.8 million American Catholics worldwide depend on the Archdiocese and its endorsed chaplains for pastoral care. For more information, visit millarch.org. The Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, serving those who serve serve.